0: What's up? I'm Tyler. And I'm Dakota. And this is the Bourbon and Business Podcast,
1: where we interview successful businessmen and women to let you in on why success doesn't have a single formula to follow.
0: We also have a little bourbon tasting along the way, because why not? Why not? Why not? So,
1: guys, please enjoy this episode and let us know your thoughts at Bourbon and Business Podcast on Instagram.
0: Coming to you from the Bourbon and Business Studio here in the Capital Club in downtown Jackson, Mississippi. I'm Tyler, and I'm Dakota, and this is the Bourbon and Business Podcast. How you doing this morning, Dakota?
1: Fantastic, Tyler. I got the best view in Jackson, right here to my right. Well, tell us a little bit about that view. This view is from the one and only Capital Club of Jackson. They have event space, events. They have membership pricing, daily lunches. What else am I missing?
0: I don't know. They have everything here. Yeah. So, coolest place to hang out in Jackson, Mississippi. So if you're not a member of the Capital Club, you're missing out, go online, look at their membership, and join. Um,
1: Dakota, you want to introduce our guest this morning? Absolutely. Today we have with us, special guest, Roy Johns. Roy is Vice President of Marketing and Human Resources of Goodwill of Mississippi. Roy, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. How you doing this morning, Roy? Good. A little
2: early, but I'm here, and it's been a good morning so far. Yeah. Right. So- Well, we also
0: have some bourbon this morning. Uh Oh, we
1: do. We do. (laughs) This morning, we've got a little bit of Woodford Reserve, but this isn't just your normal Woodford, Tyler. This is hand selected by Cheers Vineyard in Gluckstadt, Mississippi.
0: It is, and we want to give a shout-out for our sponsor of the whiskey this week. It's Cheers in Gluckstadt, Mississippi. Um, they gave us several nice bottles of whiskey, and we're trying them all today on the we podcast. Are.
1: We are, so, and according to John Thomas at Cheers, he is incredibly knowledgeable about all things whiskey, bourbon, wine. This is a 50 to $60 bottle of Woodford Reserve here. It is a blend of several barrels because that's what Cheers selected, and it's going to be a little bit spicier than your normal wood. Okay,
0: so this is like Cheers selection. Yes, that is correct. Glad you clarified that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna have to give this a eight point five.
1: Eight point five. Wow. Really good. Strong out the gate here.
0: Really good whiskey. So good deal. Well, Roy, we'd like to always start this off, kind of get your background. Just tell us a little bit about where you're from, you know, and then how you got into the business that you're in today.
2: Sure. Um, Yes, I grew up in Florence, Mississippi, and from there I grew up in the central Mississippi area. I went to Florence High, graduated back in the day, and um, first started, you know, going to school at USM and started working at Abercrombie & Fitch, became a district manager for them, Traveled out to Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas, um, and then eventually wrapped up my bachelor's degree from Texas Tech University. So finished up there with an interdisciplinary degree with human resources, communications and also um, organizational development. So with that, then I eventually got back to Mississippi. Um, From there, went into the nonprofit sector, which was a big change from Abercrombie and Fitch, obviously. Um, I think I learned through that that you really do have to have a passion not only for your work, but the mission of the organization. And that's definitely something that I've learned since going into the nonprofit. Um, And since then, yes, I've been able to take on multiple roles with the organization that I'm currently with and have now landed in the role of marketing
0: and human resources vice president. Well, nice. And tell us, you're at Goodwill, correct? Correct, yes. So tell us a little bit about Goodwill, what all, I guess, y'all offer and the different services y'all have as well.
2: Yep. All right. So Goodwill's mission is just to support people with lifelong learning and meaningful work. And that's what we do every single day. Uh, so the mission of Goodwill is we have people that come in through Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services uh, who have different barriers to employment. We also bring in people that have previously been incarcerated and we try to work with them to make sure that they are on the best platform to find success and whatever means that is. Uh, so we have various amounts of training that they can go through uh, to hone up their skills. And our ultimate goal is not for people to work for Goodwill for the rest of their life. It's for them to find a job where they can have um, meaningful work outside of Goodwill and also uh, get a living wage.
1: Wow. What a what a cool goal. That's yeah. fantastic. You don't hear that a lot from employers. No.
2: Yeah, we really do want, and that's something that we discuss every single week within our staff meetings is what are we doing to support the mission right. and how far we've come over the previous year. And something that we just recently did was rework our entire strategic plan to make sure that we're living and breathing that every single day.
0: Right. Well, that's awesome. Really yeah. making a difference in a lot of people's lives. Absolutely. So, so tell us, you know, obviously you worked on the uh, the for profit side of things. Yes. And then you moved over to the nonprofit side of things. Yes. What, I guess, what pulled you in that direction? So
2: with Goodwill, um, I was shopping in a Goodwill store with a good friend uh, from Dallas, which is where I was living at the time, and uh, was happily employed with Abercrombie and Fitch, but ran into their regional manager. And started talking about career opportunities. She found out I was in retail just from conversation. And had asked me if I'd ever thought about moving over or thinking about anything outside of for-profit. And, you know, it took me a while for me to get more information on what that mission meant and to understand it, but it was a big leap. I'm not going to lie. Being with Abercrombie and Fitch for 13 years and living and breathing that environment and traveling internationally, opening flagship stores, uh, doing various things, being a district manager, you know, you get engrossed in where you're at. Um, But, having learned more about goodwill and then taking the plunge and then learning after the fact that there is more to work than just driving revenue. Uh, there are ways that you can be employed and still feel good about not just the profit that you've pushed, but also the people that you've helped along the way. So, yeah,
1: man, I, I think that's so key in today's world because there's so many people out there that are just, striving for the dollar and i gotta make the six figures i gotta make a million dollars i gotta make a billion dollars how whatever your goal is and then they get there and they're just like i'm still empty what am i what am i doing because you don't have any purpose
2: yeah driving home some days you know i was at at one point in my career i was overseeing austin houston and dallas um in texas and had long drives and you know i'd just turn off the radio sometimes and drive back home or wherever i was headed and think about what I'd accomplished that day. And not to say I didn't feel fulfilled. There were certain parts of, you know, the work that I was doing at that point in time where I felt like, yes, I was achieving, but what was I doing to really push people and help them not only with where they were at, but what they could be doing down the road. And it, it wasn't as fulfilling. We'll put it that way. Sure. A lot of time to think about it. So,
0: yeah. And even, you know, I think that's key, even in a for-profit industry, you know, uh, managers and And people in higher up management need to understand that, you know, the people that are working there, you know, you can make impact on their life and, you know, and, and how you treat them. So I think that, uh,
1: that's key for, to have a great workplace. Yeah. Agreed. Well, can you tell us, Roy, what some of the biggest challenges facing HR might be in, in your current environment? I know the nonprofit space is going to be a lot different than the for-profit space right so right. we don't hear a lot about it so can you yeah sure <laughs> we'd love to pick your brain on that
2: no yeah and and you know that's a good point for-profit non-profit being different but at the root it's people right So I feel like we are still going through a lot of the same things um, that any other businesses. You know, our goal is to eventually get people out of the organization, find better jobs, livable wages for them to get into. But finding the talent that we need is also an issue. You know, having record low unemployment is something that we are also going through. Like we have a need for talent to help us push our organization to the next level as well. So that's definitely something that I wouldn't say we're struggling with, but it is a challenge that we are also um, seeing happen within our four walls. Also something I feel like that HR, not just within profit, but also nonprofit as well is the use of AI. You know, what are we going to do to leverage that? That's a huge opportunity um, in a lot of ways, but it also can be something that causes a lot of risk to organiza- organizations. So, figuring out a way to use that um, that type of technology to assist, but also not letting it overrun the people. I mean, there's down the road, if AI takes off a lot of the ways that some people think it will there could be potential job eliminations there could be other things that you know impact the workforce of the organization so trying to figure out where does that line end and and what can we do to use it but not let it overrun us um so now that's something we've been recently discussing i mean in my signature line at work now it says that ai could potentially be used for a piece of the information that's shared within. So knowing that it's there using it, um, but also knowing that it is something that could eventually impact the organization
1: um, from a people perspective. So. I didn't think about that. I guess you, you would have to put a disclaimer on anything that AI generates,
0: especially if you're in HR.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: um, they got disclaimers on their own stuff. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. We love a good policy and procedure with a stamp, (laughs) Uh, but AI, you know, we uh, being in marketing, you know, I know that's a, something that's not norm is for someone to be overseeing the HR department and the marketing department, but I'm not going to lie. I've used it. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you are able to input the information that you want to eventually be output and put the needed details in there it is a huge time saver i mean there are it's limitless in what you can get out of that. But, you know, understanding that it's not always going to be perfect. You can't rely on all the information that AI returns to you as it is fact. You still have to do your due diligence and make sure that you're doing research to make sure that it's accurate. Um, so people could jump off the deep end and just use it without thinking. And mm-hmm. then that could cause
1: definitely some issues down yeah. the road. You, you know, can that that happened. We've yeah. talked about it. 100%. Oh, yeah, for sure. You would have to treat it almost like a new employee. Absolutely. Like, hey, here's some stuff that I'm going to delegate to you, but yes. I'm going to go back and double check and make oh, sure that everything is correct.
2: Obvious. Yes, Beth. Yeah, please. Everyone, <laughs> if you are using AI, please do your 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 due diligence of checking your information for sure. Um, but it's a it's a big time saver. And, you know, if we're going to look at uh, being efficient and um, being the best that we can be in our jobs, it is about, you know, looking at what we can delegate out. Um, but still the follow-up piece, yes. Like you said, treating it as a new employee. It's definitely key.
0: Yeah, I think... Uh you know, I think it was a great idea to put the marketing and the HR together there. So, because, you know, typically it's marketing violating HR's policies and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. But so so now you stuff. got the person, you know, that knows what the policies <laughs> oh, are. Oh, gosh.
2: So. You know, I think that being in both, it's all about people. Um. And internal and external customers. Right. Right. Uh, Look at it from that perspective, finding a way to message what you want to get accomplished within the HR department and understanding that the way that you communicate that out to your group of employees is is really it's going to be whether they accept it or they push back. Um, Also, you know, marketing. Obviously, it's people related. Getting your brand out there to the masses and hoping they understand what you're trying to say, but pushing that brand development on that end. So, It's all about people, regardless of whether they're customers or whether they're employees. And so, yeah, I feel like it fits well together. Um, It's not something that I'm sure a lot of other organizations have thought of doing or, you know, had the need to do. Um, But being at a nonprofit, you know, people wear a lot of hats. You have to be able to do more than just one job. And that's not just me within our organization. There's multiple other people that do several things um, in order to make the most out of the revenues that we're making for our mission. So.
0: Well, great. Well, yep. Decatur. I think it's a good time for a bourbon break.
1: You know, I love a good bourbon break. <laughs> Wood Reserve, hand selected by Cheers Vineyard. It's really good, Tyler. And I'm going to throw you off here on my score. I'm going to go 8.25. <laughs> well,
0: I'm glad you did that. I'm not even going to think about the math at the end.
1: 8.25. It's got a great bite to it. It, you know, it's got that real bourbon flavor to it, and you can you can taste the spice. I yeah. feel like it's spicy.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's got a great uh spice to it. Also I can kinda taste the barrel, so you know, you can tell that it set in the what, barrel for a What while.
1: number barrel did they use? John Thomas told me there's five different what number? numbers. Yeah. Uh, one through five. Four. No, that's not correct. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I don't know what number it was. Okay, but was, John Thomas did tell me they, they normally use the charred barrels three through four. Or why three and that? four. Because five is way too charred. Okay. They'll they'll do like a two, three, or four fours are rare fives are extremely rare because if it's five it's almost burnt at that point because you've left it in the in like a completely charred barrel Hmm. so it's not just flavor anymore it's like you get charcoal in your that's probably good (laughs) i don't know if that's good (laughs) you might like it but. but anyway back to the podcast uh What are some common misconceptions about HR and marketing industries?
2: Yeah. So with HR is that we're policy pushers. You know, I know that there is an administrative task that has to be done with an HR. And yes, you need to make sure that you're safeguarding your organization by having sound policies and procedures in place. But as I talked about earlier earlier, the, the communication to the, to the employees is also of massive paramount, making sure that they understand where we're going as an organization, uh, wearing that hat as an HR department to make sure that your employees see or understand all the benefits that you offer. Uh, We have a pretty comprehensive benefits package and making sure that our employees are taking advantage of it, especially in the era right now of, you know, everyone talking about, and there being a bigger push to understand mental health. Uh, We have a very good EAP system, employee assistance program that helps those employees out. So just that facet of human resources is the misconception of it. Just someone sitting behind a desk, writing a policy um, and directing it from there. But it's much more than that. It's, so you don't strive to make everyone's life harder? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> oh, no. But there does need to be rails put in place sure. you know, to keep people within defined boundaries and for people to understand um, how the procedures and the policies of the organization, or um, are, are there to improve it and to help it? It's not to hinder. I think sometimes yes. People think of a uh, an HR person as someone that's Toby. constantly yes, Toby on the office, <laughs> just shaking their <laughs> finger, you know, and someone that's uptight yeah. and and has no personality. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not the case. Uh, I think that if, if anything, someone that is a successful HR um, person within their organization has to be able to communicate and and have that personality that people are drawn to otherwise it's going to feel as if the doors aren't open it's closed and they're not going to feel as if they can approach you if necessary um, marketing I feel like a common mis- per- misconception with that is that it is all just about advertising um, but there is you know, I, on my end, definitely have interactions with customers on a regular basis, whether it be good, sometimes bad, mostly good, yes, um, but building that relationship with them in a way that's not just a billboard. You know, it's it's more so how are we going to create the messaging for our marketing that brings people in, that excites them, that makes them want to be a part of the brand um, or the mission, mo- most importantly for us is goodwill, how are we going to explain that mission as to where they feel compelled to one, either donate or to shop um, and then explaining that mission of what we are. I think Goodwills have a, uh, a misconception in themselves that is just a retail store. So what are we doing to explain that we are improving lives, that we do have a mission of lifelong learning and meaningful work? And what are we going to do to eventually um, get that out to a broader Mass. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it, but I think those are two of the top um, misconceptions, both within HR and marketing for sure.
0: And you touched on one thing, you know, w- being in business, our employees are our biggest asset. Absolutely. You know, and you touched on mental health and that being, you know, there's a big push for mental health, which I think is great right now. Um, you know, how how are you seeing that from an HR perspective and, and being a year old that getting better and changing? Over time, Mm -hmm. I think it's if
2: you see a change in an employee, Mm -hmm. it's you know not necessarily coming down on them, but it's addressing it, trying to figure out is there something that is going on at work that Mm -hmm. we can assist with, right? Um, And not digging in too much into the personal life, but letting them know that there are those resources to go to and explaining the benefits of using them and how you use them. So that's something that we've recently been talking about within our own organization is how are we going to explain all of the benefits, not just our EAP program, mm-hmm. but other facets that can improve the lives of these individuals. So it's just, it's being more open to conversation. It's seeing changes, even slight changes. If you work closely with someone, it's easy to see those things. Mm-hmm. If you don't work so often with someone, it's maybe a little bit harder. Um, but it's just being aware of it and trying to approach it before it maybe be something is larger down the road. Right.
0: And that's pretty much with any hr thing but especially it's important i feel like with mental health yeah and i will say you know a lot of companies you know they're always thinking what can we do to you know help our employees to be able to get more production out of them whatever mm-hmm. it is and you know i think one of the or in my opinion the biggest thing is offering the mental health services mm-hmm. i think that if someone can you know be healthier in, from a mental state they're obviously going to be a better employee. Absolutely. And a better, you know, person. And Mm -hmm. so it's uh I'm glad to see that companies are offering these services now.
2: Oh for sure. You know, and, and there's also information literature within our break rooms that explain how to get that service, but also if it is going down a road as to where they need immediate help, putting up a poster in all of our break rooms that talk about suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst case scenario. We don't want to see right. or even think about that sometimes. You know, we shy away from approaching or thinking that one of our employees could ever think of doing that. But having that helpline posted in each one of our break rooms is hopefully something that they see and that if it is a situation that they need that type of help, that it is there for them. Yeah. Um, so for sure. You never know what someone's going through. So. You know, it's an awkward, it's an awkward right. thing to talk about mental health some Mm -hmm. people look at it from a perspective that it makes them weak Um, but everyone goes through things in life whether it's work related or personal related um, and trying to figure out a way as to where it's not such a taboo topic Um, and I think the more that we do discuss it the more people are going to be open to sharing what's going on with them and and hopefully find the help that they need
1: for sure absolutely and what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned It can be in your previous role, things that you maybe wish you had done or did do, or your current role, things you wish you had done or did do. This is a good question.
2: Um, And I thought about it beforehand. And I really think that what I've come to understand is that being empathetic is not a sign of weakness. Mm. Really trying to understand where people are coming from and being empathetic in a, you know, sometimes it's easy to drop the hammer, especially if you're a manager and immediately start that road of disciplinary action. But what is it, what would you get if you put more time and energy into the development of that person and tried to look at it from their perspective and just being more empathetic? And that's something too, I've seen my own self increase that that view, since coming over to the nonprofit sector, um, there sometimes, honestly, in for-profit, there's not the time where there's considered that there's we don't have that time. Right. But it's important to make the time. I found since I've really started to implement that within the way that I manage my employees and just my interactions with others, it's helped me be a lot more successful. Um, I think people look at you as more of a genuine person. You're not just a robot talking about numbers and business, uh, you really do come across and you are considered then more approachable and people then come to you more and they feel that you're more accessible. So I think that's something that as I've progressed on that road, it's really helped me a lot. Something else, I think just with any job, it's time management. My gosh, Um, we all are forced to in to do a lot each day. And I'm looking at you guys, and I'm sure that you work a 40-hour work, but you make this a priority. Um, Making sure that you are still able to do your personal life, but time management is huge. So figuring out how and the way that you're going to go about that is up to the person. It's individual. You know, Not everyone has the same ability or the same routine as far as how they manage their tasks. But That's definitely been a big, big push within my own job is just to try to find ways to get more done um, and still do it right, but streamline it. So I think that's also something that I've definitely helped. It's helped me become more successful in my own career.
0: Well, great. Great. Well, Roy, so me and Roy served together on the Rankin Chamber Board. Yes. And we do have an exciting announcement we wanted to throw out here while we're on the podcast. Yes.
2: So, yeah, uh, we have Let It Glow coming up in Rankin County, um, and that is a Rankin County Chamber initiative. So this is going on its fourth year. It started back during the pandemic when there was not a whole lot of opportunity for people to gather together for Christmas cheer. So people were secluded and it was a way for people to get out in the community and look at Christmas lights, um, but it's continued and people have really taken to it. And it's something that's grown over the years. So we're going to have Let It Glow kicking off right now. If people want to, they can go on to the Rankin Chamber website or either their Facebook page and sign up if they have a business or a home um, or even a uh, subdivision that wants to enter. They can do that. And then from December 1st through December 21st, uh, you can actually use the website or there will be a QR code attached each of the yard signs, that these people then can vote for who they consider to be the best. So, And also another exciting thing is that over the three weeks of this program running, uh, there's going to be a um, – online social media push for people that are out in Rankin County especially that are going to businesses to take photos of themselves in front of that business that's participating and they can hashtag in with uh, Let It Glow and uh, three winners over the course of the three weeks so one winner per week will each win a $250 gift card. So pushing that interaction with the community hoping that they go out and visit those businesses Um, but a big shout out to RCC Roofing and Construction they are our lead sponsor this year for let it glow so we're super excited to have them but yeah man it's grown big over the past four years now and so yeah we're in year four it's hard to think that we're four years past covid right um but yeah so this is the fourth year of that and super excited to get it going and see how big we can make it this year also to want to point out we have a much better mapping system this year so it is going to be more user-friendly to help pinpoint what seeing who has registered for this and where you can go visit these lights um, is going to be on a map that is um, very user-friendly so i think that that's also going to help people find these um, homes and businesses and subdivisions a lot easier
0: right well good deal well uh, we're all about supporting local business here absolutely love we love what the chamber's doing Roy, we appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. Real quick, give us your rating on the bourbon. What do
2: you think? Uh, I'm going to give it a 9. A 9? Wow. So I'm a big Woodford fan. I strong. mean, I'm just going to. I'm okay. not going to lie. Go. So I love Woodford. And yes, I will pick up on what you guys said. Definitely spicy. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I got a little hint of caramel in there, too. Yeah. So it was I, a great
1: Look, you're coming a long way, man. <laughs> Look, yeah. <laughs> I'm he's proud. About, ooh. We're going
0: to end it at an 8.6. How does that sound? 8.61. 8.61. There you go. So, Woodford Reserve. 8.61 Cheers. Thanks for the bottle. Um, to all our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in this week. If you would go on social media and follow us and give us a rating on however you stream
1: this podcast, and we'll see you next week.
0: Hope you guys enjoyed this episode.
1: If you have any feedback or would like to be featured, reach out to us at bourbon and business podcast at gmail.com
0: or find us on Instagram at bourbon and business podcast.
1: Thanks again for listening.
0: Follow us for more content and info on the next episode.